Hey, it's time for voiceover body shop. How is everybody doing? Well, everybody's talking about AI. Good? Bad? How can it help you and your business, aside from perhaps taking it away? And we have a special guest tonight, Justin O. Hi, say hi, Justin. Hello. All right. And hey, he's an, he according to George, he's the expert on AI that he relies on. In my little world, <laughs> in his little world. <laughs> well, you said everybody's talking about it but nobody's doing it i think it's everybody's doing it and nobody's everybody's afraid to talk about it <laughs> sounds familiar so we're gonna we're gonna find out what what uh, some tricks are tonight and and how we're all using it in our own limited ways and uh even even we might even get sue to pop her face on screen because she's used it for a very good use case for her so absolutely so if you got a question throw it in the chat room if you'd like to be on a little bit later on in the show and tell us how you use it or how terrified you are of it, put that in the chat room as well, and we'll try and get you on. Uh, it's time for VoiceOver Body Shop right now. VoiceOver Body Shop is brought to you by VoiceOverEssentials.com, the home of Harlan Hogan's signature products. Source Elements, the folks who bring you Source Connect. VOHeroes.com, become a hero to your clients with award-winning voiceover training. VoiceActor.com, your voiceover website ready in minutes. VoiceOver Extra, your daily resource for voiceover success. And by World Voices, the industry association of freelance voice talent. And now, here's your hosts, Dan and George. Well, hello there. I'm the very analog Dan Leonard. I'm the partially digital George Whittem. And this is VoiceOver. Body Shop. Or VO. B S. All righty. Well, another week, another voiceover body shop, and but everybody's talking about this AI. People are scared of it, but apparently it has lots of very good uses. How do you use it, George? Um, I'm very limited at how I use it right now. I know, and this is I'm having this show taught partly. Or purely uh, selfish reasons, because I want to learn. I was really hoping we get a few more users on, but we've got a couple that are using it more than I, some more than others. But for me, um, I'm using it in three distinct ways. I can talk about it more as we go on. But I'm using, um, first of all, I'm using a video editor that uses a lot of AI-driven tools to improve your productivity, called Descript, mm. and. Um, there are tools in Descript I choose not to use and some that I do like to use, but the key one that I use is it helps me speed up editing because it's transcribing everything. So it knows every word I'm speaking and it will find when I'm saying redundant things, if I'm stuttering and saying um and uh, it will detect, detect, detect. It will detect ums and let me remove them. When it finishes a video and finds 200 ums, that's embarrassing. Um, and um, it will remove gaps in the video where there's long pauses. So it helps me very quickly do a sort of a pre-edit of a YouTube video or a vlog I'm doing, right? So that's one way. Another way I'm using it is in a new CRM called Close. Well, new to me, not new. But Close is a CRM that was really written for um, 
really for realtors, um, but hence the name Close. Uh, but I'm starting to use it for my purposes and better communication, better sales and marketing. And it's got Chat GPT baked into it. And it oh. uses it on the back end for certain smart things that it does with your email. So those are two key ways that I make use of it, you know, on any kind of a regular basis. I'm probably using it in ways that I don't even know I'm using it for that oh. matter. Yeah. Um, but then audio processing tools too, right? We all have been playing around with chat. Uh, we've been playing around with Waves Clarity VX. Um, I've been playing with something called Hush Audio App as an incredibly good drag and drop noise reduction echo remover. So those are a few ways that I'm using them. Dan, how do I how use are you it? using I tell AI my, in your day-to-day -day life? I tell my kids who are looking for jobs, have them write your cover letter <laughs> and, and your <laughs> resume and stuff. Uh, they know how to do it. You know, like I said, I'm Mr. Analog. I am totally old school. Doesn't mean I haven't used it. I, I had to write a speech for, for a presentation, and I said, write a speech for this. And it basically regurgitated back everything I've ever written about what I was talking about. Right. So, right. Which I thought was rather interesting. Uh, but I haven't really used it very much. Um, but then, like you said, who knows if you're using it or not? Uh, yeah. You know, what it's... Artificial intelligence apparently covers a very broad ground. It's a broad, it's a very broad topic of technology. Sometimes we use it and in, in, um, interchange it with machine learning. Right. Um, but uh, it's an, it's fascinating technology. Um, I haven't heard uh, recently. I heard that Sarah Silverman. Have you heard the story about Sarah Silverman? I have maybe, not heard the story about Sarah Silverman. She is uh, going after. I believe it's. She going after Microsoft? One of one of the uh, companies because she said, "Listen, I'm seeing results that are coming from my intellectual property that I've written. That to me looks like essentially plagiarism. And so you're using my content, my original creation, my writing from a book that I wrote, right? And you're pulling content from the book that I'm selling and reusing that information. And she looks at that as." copyright infringement so she's trying from her perspective to fight against that so i don't think she's going to win but you know there's there's people that are looking at it as a negative for sure because they think they're like it's literally taking away my my intellectual property mm, fascinating well, well why don't you why don't you introduce our guest because i've not met okay. justin before and, and and you know we have to blur out his last name for some reason I, well, Justin knows more about this stuff than a lot of us, which is why he likes to maybe uh, slightly anonymize himself because he said, I don't want to come up on the search engines from talking on this show tonight, which is totally fine. So we're going to keep him anonymous. But I've known Justin a long time, known him since childhood. Um, he's always been kind of bleeding edge about uses of modern technology in business and, and in his different technical careers. He's a, um, I'll probably misspoke when I say, misspeak when I say this, but Judd is a um, computer engineer or hardware engineer. He knows how to build technology around circuitry and software and has worked for a lot of different companies over the year. He's a hell of a good guy. He's, he's a great companion for any outdoor activity you can come up with. He's always game and he's a good dude. It's great to have him. And thank you for showing up to help us tonight and supporting us tonight, Justin. Here he is. Hello. 
Thank you for that amazing introduction. <laughs> well, it's it's fun to have you, man. Uh, this is a long time coming. I'm sorry. Thanks for doing it uh, at the last minute. To oh, no problem. Be a, Glad to be here. A voice of someone that's making a lot of use of the of the technology and, and just to, in your day-to-day -day life. So um, what is your day-to-day -day life? What are you, what are you doing uh, as a career at the moment? Because careers shift over time. They right? do. Um, at the, so yeah, historically, most of my career has been in, in called in basically the field of um, which Say is that again, because that was the moment where the internet decided to poop all over you. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> you just completely Embedded. buffered. <laughs> Yeah, in, embedded engineering. So, mm. like micro, like uh, microcontrollers, um, designing electronics and firmware, and uh, putting all those things together. Um, I started out actually working in the video and audio hardware market for about five years, and uh, design high-end audio and video gear. Mm -hmm. So, firm, so you you're someone that intimately understands firmware. Like yeah, you 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 yeah, actually I used are to, in there. Uh, I spent um yeah over a decade or or two now, uh, developing firmware, and uh, wow. and designing electronics. Yeah, so firmware is uh, how would you describe for people that people hear this word they see something on the computer saying you must update your firmware, <laughs> but what in a nutshell what is firmware? I mean the the lines are blurred as we get further and further you know between firmware and software. What really is the difference? But traditionally, yeah, firmware was the stuff on running on a processor on a circuit board that really wasn't really necessarily made to be updated back in the day. It was kind of mm. like almost considered part of firm. Yes, firm. almost considered part of the hardware. You ship it and you never change it and it should work perfectly. So traditionally, firmware engineers had to make everything absolutely perfect, test it, the bejesus out of it so that there would never be any bugs. Of course, that's all changed, <laughs> um, you know, started to change as I was entering the career. And now everything gets updated constantly. And this so thing, this is a prime example. There's, of there's nothing firm devices. about it anymore. <laughs> when you buy one of these things out of the box, like literally today, I spent an hour helping somebody just install one of these on their computer. And the first thing it does brand new out of the box. Guess what? Update the firmware. firmware. It's already out of date. You know, so yeah, it's crazy stuff. So, um, so anyway, you've been you, like you've been changing careers, you've been changing cities, oh, yeah, you've been kind of moving. <laughs> how 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 has uh how I guess actually I wanted to ask something a little bit more directed than that, but really was you you seem to know a little bit more about this stuff than I did from the get go. You were a little bit more open to showing it to me and demonstrating it. When when did you really discover the the ability to do what Chat GPT does, and or was it something else you discovered first? I mean, I think in recent times, the the thing that started piquing my interest about what was going on in AI was um, Dolly, which everybody was talking about. D A L L dash E, which was a you know a fun image generation app or well, website that everybody was playing with and making goofy images that were AI generated. You can just type in any prompt and out would come some goofy, obviously AI generated picture that people, you know, you could make some really funny stuff. Um, yeah. 
I think that's you true know, for me too. Actually, <laughs> about that. I mean, before that, that was there was there was you know other things that you would you know hear and about AI. Um, and that was like that was like less than two years ago. Would no, you it was, say? It was less yeah, than it was. Two. It was about a year. Yeah, ago. not. I mean, the 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 transformation that's happened is is just phenomenal, and yeah. it, the the abilities and capabilities are just exploding exponentially. Yeah, my my son used it to do a picture of my wife and added an extra piece of color to her hair, and then she went and colored her hair that way. <laughs> it looked a lot better. <laughs> art so. imitates life, imitates art. <laughs> exactly. That's so great. But it, um, I mean, it's been AI. You know, the technology has been around for a, such a, a long time. I like did a little research, and there were people working on the idea, like you know, nearly a hundred years ago, really. Um, of really? you know, cre- trying to simulate a little bit what the brain does, um, what neurons do, you know, but doing it mechanically or or electronically. Yeah, like through like uh, not even automatons or whatever, but just like trying to emulate the somewhat some the what is it like what the kind of the randomness of the way humans think occasionally um kind of like the relationship between nodes like there's like you can think of like the neurons or the synapses as kind of like like each one of them is like a dial and each dial affects the dials that are nearby it and if you know how to tweak all those dials just right you and you put in something to the one side of the brain you know then something that you desire will come out and that's kind of what you know, a li- like sort of the basics of like uh, artificial neural networks are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's sort like of, so it's sort like, of like mixing music. Yeah, or it's like yeah. water funneling in the top, and then there's all these little valves, right? And you can determine where that water is going to go at the very bottom. I think, like you know, like that Plinko game, <laughs> really basic <laughs> a, level. Yeah. Plinko is totally <laughs> random, but to be able to influence the direction the thing's going to go, you know, and land in a certain thing. Yeah. Yeah. So well, you hey, feed in tons of information, and you you try to get the result you want out of it. And then there's you know there's a feedback where it you know you're constantly adjusting all those values of all those nodes to right. get the output that you want. Yeah. So what what are three things everyone should be using AI tools for right now? What what is something that is going to benefit everybody? Um, so I guess, I mean, as far as programming, so people are using, uh, AI tools for, for programming right now and for generating code. I'm thinking like, uh, in our audience, the people in our audience are doing, they're, they're freelance voice actors. They're freelance, they're freelancers, right? So they are, they spend, let's be honest, most of their time running in their business training and looking for work yeah Mm -hmm. you know that's what most people spend most of their time doing so um some things that maybe are helpful for productivity organization maybe acquiring leads things like that or some things that you've you've used personally to try to help your day-to-day that you can recommend just that you've tried yeah definitely um i've used it a bunch for improving writing so taking Mm -hmm. something that i've i've written already or some ideas and fleshing it out, or um, you can say, make this sound more, make this paragraph or this entire paper sound more professional. Mm-hmm. Um, 
or make it more accessible you know make it more familiar if you're writing a blog item or something like that or make it more make conversational it more brief. sure absolutely some of us were expanded trouble, you know yeah or expanded some of us have trouble keeping things brief other people have a trouble <laughs> stretching things out to you know they give you a lot of one word answers you know so sure yeah, sure very good point very yep. good point um so so it's it's very valuable if people learn how to use it but how hard is it to learn how to use it's it's very i mean f depending on how how you get into it the most the easiest way is most people are using chat gpt to and it's at its basic level it's a free service and um you can start just asking questions you can just treat it like a somebody on the other side of a of a chat basically and, and why would you not use it in place of a search engine because when it first came out i was trying to use it the way i would use a search engine what makes it a bad search engine well the the information that it was trained on is in the past for one so it's not pulling in in its basic form it's not pulling information from the internet live so it won't know today's sports scores it's not going to know stuff like that unless you know you tie it together with plugins that pull in that information mm. um and it and it knows how to query that um mm. but so you, it, you know. the data that it's pulling from to generate an answer for you is from the past it's not current yeah and i don't know what it's current up to i remember right. the model used to respond i only have information up to something 2021 or, or something like that so right, basically right. a giant data set was it was trained on and it's when it, when you train one of these models it takes a lot of processing power like supercomputer processing power and a lot of time so it's not something they do every week or every day or, or whatever because these models are, are too large for that yeah that's what's hard to wrap your head around it i think of a search engine like it immediately finds usable information but that in itself is a data model right the search results are a data model because it had to find and build a model of all that through what they call crawling, right? Sure. Yeah. And I'm sure they're the employing crawling, all sorts of tool, AI tools to do that. Yeah. And the crawling, but the, the, the act of crawling uses less com computational power than building this model, I guess, huh? It's I would like, assume so. I yeah. would assume so. But yeah. They, I, I they crawl know. like, I mean, it's not, they're not crawling every inch of the internet every minute of the moment of the day, but... It, right. That's a fascinating thing too. But yeah, so when you first start using something like ChatGPT, a good place to start might be like, give me a meal plan for today or something like that. You don't know what to eat. Type it in. Say, I'm a vegan and I want a good meal plan that you know is good for an athlete who weighs 200 pounds. Maybe that's something you could put in? Sure. You could say, pretend you're a uh, nutritionist and... Um Tell oh, me, you, you just you said know. you have to tell it to pretend it's a you nutritionist. Don't, you don't person. have to. You don't oh, have you don't to. Have but to. it, but by priming it with some information like that, it kind of narrows down the scope of the problem. So, um, it it can be very helpful to to give it some some more information to begin with. Yeah. Um, rather than just like, here's my problem, you know. Right. Um, yeah jeff asked a good question because uh you know 
we th- I like throwing out jargon and trying to sound intelligent. Okay. How would you describe what crawling is? What, what is going on when a search engine crawls the internet? Do you understand it on some level, what it's doing? Um, more or less just downloading websites and putting them into a giant database. Mm-hmm. That's more searchable. Is it downloading every image and every video, or is it looking at just text and like metadata and stuff like that? Do you know? I mean, I I would imagine at this point everything, and yeah. maybe maybe not videos at this point, but right. maybe some are. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, how would someone use this? You know, if they're again, if they're a freelance person, you know, freelance voice actor, freelance photographer, freelance any somebody who has to get their message out to large amounts of people without any geographical bounds or anything like that. What's, what's one tool you could use that would assist you to do something like that? I mean, you can certain a lot of people are using it for who have businesses are using it to create social media posts um, mm-hmm. and create content for blogs for, you know, just, you could say, give me 10 blog um, social media ideas relating to voiceover. And it'll do that. You can then say, okay, I don't like those. Give me 10 more or make them specific to microphones or, um, and it'll, you know, it'll just, it's infinite. It'll just keep doing it. (laughs) So Um, if someone's writing a blog, then you may never know if they're having it generated or if they're actually writing it themselves. Absolutely. You know. But yeah, everything, the whole thing, you know, all everything that comes out of it is probability. So you don't, you, you, you would have to check everything that's coming out of it and to see if it fits what, what you want, you know, if it, the information looks correct and, and, and verifiable. Yeah. If you're just joining us, we're talking with Justin and we're talking about AI and positive uses of AI. If you've got a question for him, throw it in the chat room. And the actual Jeff Holman is in there, not a digital Jeff Holman, uh, who is taking all the questions down, and we'll try and get to them in the next half hour. Also, if you've been using AI, uh, some of these AI tools like ChatGPT, and some of these other ones we're talking about, let us know. And you can actually come on and tell us how you're using it. So uh, why don't you do that right now? Because we want to see from, hear from you guys and see you guys. Um uh, well, one of the questions I asked ChatGPT while we're getting ready to start the show, yeah, how do I verify the veracity of the response I received from you? <laughs> the issue with these tools is we they do something that we is known that is known in the business as hallucinating, right, Jet? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, like, like I said, everything's a probability. So, in these large these like ChatGPT is under the category of a large language model. That's what they call them, LLMs. And each, the next letter, the next word is, is a, is a basically just a big probability of what came before it and what, what would fit next given all everything that came before it. So, um, yeah, you, there's, it's nothing's a hundred percent, you know, nothing's a hundred going to be a hundred percent correct or, or exact. Well, it, it gave me nine salient points. <laughs> I can read them to you and for you. The first one says cross-reference with reliable sources. Double-check the information provided by consulting reputable and authoritative services. 
Look for information from well-established websites, academic papers, or official publications. That's one of the nine points. Well, that's a good one. That's a very good one to start with. <laughs> Everybody has to understand that what you get out of the system is not necessarily accurate. <laughs> and in some cases is dead wrong. And the most weird thing, start typing things in there about yourself. And if it knows anything about your name from the, from the internet, if, you've, if your name has been on the internet for a number of years, it may or may not know who you really are. Like, if I type my name into Google, it comes up with a lot of stuff. If I type my name, quote unquote, George Whittem, it basically says you're not really, I don't really know, I don't really know anything about you. But I did manage to get it to write about my website, George the Tech, and it's incredibly good at writing convincingly made up information. Like I, I, if one section of it was like, sounds good to me. I was like, I would love for that to be true, <laughs> but it's not. So yeah, you definitely have to be careful. And that's why I think we all have to actually do our due diligence when seeing stories virally spread on the, on the internet, on social media, especially gotta be, do not take what you see uh, with the, you know, take everything with a grain of salt. Verify what you read before, if, the, if anything, verify what you read before resharing re it or sending it back out again. Because there's a lot of very, mm, just plain truthiness, which is not the term that Steve Colbert came up with. No, Steve Colbert. Um, truthiness. <laughs> yeah. That's, was it Colbert? Yeah, it was Colbert. I think it might have been. Yeah. Truthiness. But yeah, I mean, all, all these tools uh, make it very easy to create con uh, text content, especially, but also images and video now. Um, so yeah. anything, comments, sections, I mean, there's, there's certainly AIs out there that are specifically trained to just spam comments to make up whatever, or maybe they have an agenda, maybe they don't, but mm -hmm. definitely beware. Is yeah, there, I mean, well, we, we've talked about chat GPT. And I, when, I, when you go to chat GPT, there is a free one and there's a pay one. So the free one's the version 3.5. The pay one is the version 4. Why would you pay for version 4? And do you bother? Is there any chat tools that you or AI tools that you actually bother paying for that you think are worth paying for? Um, I'm, I'm personally not that deep into it to, you know, to pay for a tool at this point. But uh, the... As far as I understand, GPT-4 is like a much bigger, more advanced model, and mm -hmm. it, has, it can do complex reasoning. Um, one example on a podcast I was listening to where they gave it like a list of random objects, like, a, you know, a, a hot dog and a laptop and all these things and said, you know, how would you stack these things so that they don't fall over or, so, you know, and then. And it was able to chat GPT three just kind of gave made a random list of, you know, chat GPT four actually came up with a reasonable sounding answer and it explained its reasoning as well. It was like on a whole nother level, uh, you know, of virtual intelligence, basically. Mind boggling. Do you, do you, th cause I, I'm listening to the debate right now about whether we should whether we should absolutely be so afraid of chat GBT and AI and generative tools, LLMs and everything else that we should stop generating new tools, stop developing these things and reassess. Or there's the others, the other side of the coin of the technologist saying that those other ones that say fear it 
are giving it too much credit. Which side of the which side of the coin do you feel you fall on in terms of this stuff? I mean, his, historically, every transformative technology has met with a ton of fear. Um, you name it, pick your pick your technology revolution. Steam engines, cars. Yeah, yeah. Computers. I mean, the word luddite comes from a group of people who opposed um, weaving. Uh, what do you call it? Um, you know, oh, oh, weaving looms? machines, looms. Right. the looms. Yeah, autom- right. automatic looms. Right. Um, and uh, you know, because they were about to take away, I don't know, hundred thousand people's jobs. So, um, so yeah, I think it's it's definitely it's out of the the cat's out of the bag. I mean, nobody's you can make regulations and it will affect the big companies, I guess, but it will not affect the, the trajectory of, of the research. And there's thousands of thousands and thousands of AI models out there. Chat GPT is just one of many, many, many. And there's so many open source ones that aren't, you know, under some kind of corporate ownership. Right. Do you see that, that, you know, these, uh, these AI programs will start to write their own AI programs to defeat the other AI programs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's already being done where, uh, I mean, AI, the ChatGPT4, for example, and I'm sure other ones are really good at generating code. I'm sure they're being used to generate the code for new AI algorithms. Um, mm-hmm. or, and then I think I did see a post recently about one that was modifying its own able to modify its own underlying code. Um, and yeah, and this is what everybody's scared of, you know, and then uh, if you me. then, if it then has full access to the internet, you know, then what happens in this AI goes, we get goes the rogue, Terminator, Terminator style. The, yeah. Coming back from the future. <laughs> or the, Skynet. The AI mandala effect or something, you know? Like, isn't there an issue like where the data that we're that is being fed into the machine eventually becomes data generated by the machine? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, all right. Now, now that <laughs> we I'm are totally getting some questions, out. we're getting some questions from the chat room. Do, do you, would you be comfortable trying to answer I'll, some? Of them? I'll, I'll try. I'm going to turn on my light and we're going to take, anyway. take a break here anyway. We're going to take a break here anyway while you do that. Okay. No <laughs> right. We're going to take a break. You've got to. If you've got a question for Justin uh, about AI or if you want to tell us how you're using it, just throw it in the chat room and we'll uh, get to it in just a couple of minutes. But we'll be right back after these very important messages, so don't go away. This is the Latin lover narrator from Jane the Virgin, Anthony Mendez, and you're enjoying Dan and George on The VoiceOver Body Shop. It's vacation time, just about everywhere. For example, Here's Australian voiceover pro Andrew Peters on vacation in London recording a commercial with his Portabooth Pro. Why is the Portabooth Pro gaining users worldwide? Well, just listen. Winter's tough. The rain. The wind. The cold. Performers can capture great audio even in acoustically untreated spaces with the Portabooth Pro. Your microphone hears the sound of a human-sized sound booth at a fraction of the size and cost. The Pro accommodates large and long microphones, lengthy scripts, and e-reading devices. The Harlan Hogan Portabooth Pro is lined with Auralex Studio Foam. It's a professional quality sound studio that assembles in less than a minute. And its multi-pocketed carrying case makes it super easy to take your gear and your voice wherever you go. Order your Harlan Hogan Portabooth Pro now. 
just $389.99, only at voiceoveressentials.com. Hey, it's that time of the show where we get to thank longtime sponsors and very longtime purveyors of audio technology for remote collaboration, Source Elements, the creators of Source Connect and a lot of other tools. Um, there's a lot of buzz about the next version of Source Connect coming. We don't have a timeline yet. I've seen a very early alpha version demonstrated to me by Rebecca, the director and the owner of Source Elements. And it looks like a really nice step forward into being a little bit more user-friendly. Um, but in the meantime, the version that has been in use for a very long time and will continue to be in use for quite a while is version 3.9. And, uh, that is the version that you'll you'll be installing and running on your machine. If you're on Windows, you'll be on version 3.8 because a 3.9 version didn't get developed um, in their development timeline. And the Mac version is up to 3.9 something at this point. But everybody is going to be using Source Connect 3.9 or 3.8 and all of it's cross-compatible. So you can connect to any studio in the world or really any other voice actor. And one way I know people love to use Source Connect to feel more confident about their studio's sound and their functionality is to have an, an accountability buddy, basically have a buddy who's also on Source Connect and connect with them before a session. Make sure you guys know that you're sounding the way you're supposed to sound. I was just talking to Jerry Pelletier, longtime client of mine, friend of the show, and that's what he does. He does, he connects to a buddy, they check each other's audio before their day or before the big session, and they know they're sounding the way they're supposed to sound, and all the technology is working. Anyway, if you want to get started, head over to source-elements.com, and get yourself set up with an account, and go through all their incredibly good free training content. There's a lot to learn over there at source-elements.com. Thanks, and more spots, and back to Justin right after this. Is AI coming for your voiceover career? Is it going to take all of your jobs? Man, do we hear that question a lot. And there's a lot of people that are fearful that the answer to that is yes. Well, I've been working in performance and technology simultaneously throughout my career, beginning in the 70s. And I've seen the incursion of technology, both good and bad, and I want you to have the facts. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put together a course, which I'm going to give away for free. I'm aiming for mid-August or so, talking about synthetic voices and what they mean to your future and your success. So it'll be at VOHeroes.com. Um, I'll give you details as soon as we're ready to go. I'm David H. Lawrence, the 17th. I thank you so much for watching and for listening to VOBS. And stand by. We'll get that course to you very soon. This is Bill Ratner, and you're enjoying VoiceOver Body Shop with Dan Leonard and George Whittem. VOBS.TV. Hey, that's a... Dave, David is a technologist through and through. He has always been... In fact, I think he's, some, he's known or been on the show with Leo Laporte. Tech, was it before whatever, before Twit was? Like Ask the Tech Guys or one of those TV shows... David was on that stuff back in the day. So if if he does something on ChatGPT or any kind of stuff, you can probably take it to the bank. It's going to be accurate. He knows this. He's a, he's a smart dude. So that's cool. I'm, I'm glad that he uh, 
You must have caught wind of what we're talking about tonight. <laughs> He made that yeah, spot. that's no. He put that one out a couple of weeks ago. Okay, whatever still, the case still is, still wants you to talk about. It. Perfect, perfect timing, David. Perfect timing. <laughs> so once again, we're talking with Justin. We're talking about all this AI stuff that we're all hearing about. How can it help your business? Certainly, everybody out there is concerned about it taking their business, uh, which is something I hope we can get get a chance to talk about a little bit. Uh, you know, it's a big issue. In Hollywood right now, because of the the SAG after strike, they're trying desperately to get the employers to not use it, and the employers are like, try and stop us. Essentially, right. that's like asking a bunch of college students to not use it to write their papers, or high school students for that matter, <laughs> or middle school students for that yeah. matter. I mean, it's 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 nearly impossible uh, to to stop it. It's it's when you find a way to do something more efficiently and more time effective and hopefully of better quality than what you could have done on your own at some point how do you constantly you know how do you how do you avoid or how do you just choose to not use that technology to your advantage at a certain point you know it's tough like there's some purism out there there's all you know there's artisanal breads and cheeses and things that can't be made more quickly through machinery and people still love that stuff there is still live orchestral performances with real people playing real instruments. There is theaters full of live humans performing for you with all of their failties and their mistakes and whatever that happens live and in, in the moment, right? The spontaneity of it. That's not going to be replaced for any foreseeable future. And if it is, it won't be replaced. It'll just be an alternative world of entertainment, you know? You want to go watch... An AI-driven chatbot stand-up comedian? <laughs> Go for it. Mm. Are you going to choose to do that over a human? Okay, that might be your thing. There are, there are weird, creepy niches of the internet, corners of the internet, for everything. So that's going to happen. But, you know, there's always going to be humans wanting to have a human experience, listening to humans, watching them be humans, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, what, I mean, is, and, and in, in some ways it might backfire with uh, just so much AI-generated content, shows, whatever, you name it, people might just get overwhelmed after a while and just want to shut it off. Just like, you know, a lot of people do with social media or whatnot, um, and just time, time for the human, human experience again. Well, that's, <laughs> one, that's one thing I love about you, Justin, before we get to some questions is you are a technologist. You do love the technology. You embrace it. But you're also extremely good at limiting how much of it you choose to use. And again, one of those ways that you do limit that is by largely being completely off social media. Isn't that right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I browse a little bit, but yeah, uh, yeah. I haven't posted anything in probably more than a decade or so. That's mind boggling. I mean, do, <laughs> do you, I mean, do you look, you've known me forever. You know, my business. If I just decided tomorrow to stop posting, I'm sure you could come to me and say, listen, how many hours a week are you spending posting on social? What could you be doing instead of those seven hours or those 12 hours or whatever it is, you know, that would it'd be an interesting conversation because there are times where I would just love to just turn it off completely, <laughs> but we just market our lives. We create our branding. Everything we built on this thing. Yeah, me, absolutely. Speaking for myself. 
Yeah, my business that's a way literally to, way to get started. Out my business started in parallel with Facebook. Right as Facebook was becoming popular, I was building my business on it. So it's so hard to pull it apart. But I find that really fascinating that you're able to do that. And um, anyway, bravo, kudos to you for doing for doing. Well, I mean, you know, my my career doesn't rely on me being, you know, internet or anything like that. So mm -hmm. or being, you know, accessible in that way. Mm -hmm. Whereas it's, you know, your field absolutely does. Yeah, but your your career does require you to occasionally get useful information, possibly sure. do a new resume, things like that. Um, so you make use of these tools. Before one more thing, I didn't get to talk about. Do, is there a generative, an art generative tool, generative art tool that you find actually kind of useful and interesting to use, or is it still just mostly a goofy, entertaining process to experiment with? Um, well, I'm. You know, you showed me um, Diffusion B a long time ago, which was a st so stable diffusion is one of the art generating or image generating AIs. Right. And that's accessible through various, I guess, through. But you can also download these models to your own computer and run them locally. Um, so, yeah, that's that's a lot of fun to play with. Just similar to ChatGPT, put it, be creative, put in ideas, get images out. Um, if you wanted to entertain yourself, tell it to draw hands. <laughs> <laughs> it does yeah. some really, really weird stuff around hands. <laughs> yeah. It has not grasped hands yet. Yeah. Well, we've should got we a couple some of questions. Qu we yeah. should. Uh, Carol Spencer Morgan. Carol, so good to see you again after a long time. Uh, common question on the internet. Maybe it's some chat GPT thing asking it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Will AI take over the voiceover industry and make the human element redundant? I think that's what a lot of people, at least cer certainly people in our audience are, are saying. I mean, I don't think it's there yet. I mean, I see it. I see clients using it. And then I'm listening to it and I'm going, well, this client isn't doing themselves any favors. There's no emotion. There's no, it's not human. I can tell it a mile away. And I can generally tell video, uh, you know, some of these these deep fakes a mile away. But apparently a lot of people can't. At least I know what I'm looking for. What do you think? I mean, from my perspective, it's, um, I, I think what David will say in that video he promoted will be will be useful. Um, I think, and I'll reiterate, I'm really, I kind of answered it. Much as humans and the human element what human does not want to interact with a human? I mean, there right. are humans. Let's be let's be really straightforward. There are humans that don't want to interact with humans. I mean, that's just the truth. Some people yeah. are absolutely can't function in our normal human society. They don't fit in. They have a very hard time communicating. They feel awkward, introverted, whatever it is. And for them, this Mac might be a more a much better experience for them. They may find that they have a much pleasant, more pleasant life interacting more virtually, right? So it, it could really be very helpful for some people. Um, but I think humans in general are going to want to interact with humans and see humans being human. And th this is another reason why I tell people when you're working on your voiceover stuff, do not over sanitize the audio. <laughs> do not remove every human element from the audio because folks over analyze their own audio they're of course listening in 
very detailed headphones and hearing every little mouth noise, click, nose thump, whatever thing that their face makes, you know. Those are the noises we make naturally. So I I, I, I want to know what what a nose thump sounds like. You, like, you'd know like, it if you'd heard it. <laughs> we hear all the stuff because people send us our, their audio and they go, what is this noise? Um, <laughs> well, that's a nose thump. Obviously. Yeah, it's like when you say a certain syllable that closes the sinus or closes up part of the, yeah. the nasal passage. Oh, so instead gotcha. of the air out. flowing through the nasal cavity, it kind of gets pinched off for a moment and you get that <laughs> or something <laughs> in the audio. Um, there's all kinds of little things. And um, anybody, if they look deep enough or listen close enough or slowly enough or repeated enough we'll find something wrong so yeah. you know i i one of my clients said recently he listened to an audio he's a voice he's an audiobook narrator and he is is stuck in the same loop you know it's the overanalyzing problem it's the listening too closely problem right and he said i listened to an audiobook the other day i loved it you know whatever i decided to go back and listen to it again from an analytical perspective so I listened to the first whatever pages or chapters of the book and I was like, oh yeah, there's some mouth noise. Oh yeah, there's this flaw, there's that flaw, right? You, you as a human, by default, for the most part, filter out many of the flaws. There's certain things that will be distracting for, for you, but many things are not. And if you over sanitize, you'll start sounding like an AI voice, believe it or not. I've heard voice actor tracks sent to me that could have been an AI voice. I wouldn't have known because it's so flawless, so perfectly rhythmic, and so tightly edited. It was indistinguishable from yeah. an AI voice because it was just too unhuman. Right. So well, we were we were looking at this video before the show that's you know about some AI product, and it mispronounced it. Yeah. The, <laughs> I don't even want to, now that now we're talking about it, I don't even want to plug the company because screw them. But anyway, <laughs> um, we found a video and the product ended with FY, like amplify, right? And the chat, the whole thing was narrated by a voice AI, of course. And the voice AI pronounced the end of the name FY instead of Phi. I just thought that was entertaining. It, yeah. it, it was literally commercial for its own product that it was mispronouncing its own name. Oh, of the that, that was just a theoretical product. That was a uh, okay. was a joke okay. product. Yeah. Oh, it was a joke okay. product. Okay. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Fine. Okay. <laughs> just, just just to not prove our point. Um, <laughs> Carol's second part was rhetorical question: Where is the line between outsourcing our creativity as a species and becoming reliant on new tech? It feels a bit ominous. I, I would go back and say, when did you decide that it was okay to? use a computer to use word processing instead of white out in a piece of paper. Um, I don't know. Was that um, ominous? I don't know. Jeff, what do you think? I mean, there was, there was people who were afraid of the printing press because they were afraid that everybody would stop working and spend all their time reading books. Um, <laughs> well, you know I mean, who's these, afraid uh, of yeah. us all reading books? <laughs> we, know who those, we know who those people are. Like there's literally a sector of society who does not want us reading more books. And this goes back to the 1400s, 1500s. There's always been a sector of society who does not want people to be more educated. So that's another weird, fringy fear factor, fear mongering, maybe even, um, maybe I'm being a little, 
Well, I mean, if you look at it, I, I mean, know. you know, the invention of the printing press brought out printings of the Bible, which people weren't allowed to read and, right. and, and, and interpret. So look at the change that that one technology brought about. Uh, right. And I would say for the better, except for, you know, a couple of hundreds of years of war. Uh, yeah. That, but that's, that, that's just sort of part of what, uh, what humanity is all about. Yeah. Uh, Justin Ramos has a question for us. He says, uh, George, correct me if I'm wrong, but did you mention you use a chatbot on your website to field questions? No, but I, I have actually explored it. Um, there might be a point where we offer a chat bot on our website that is fed a language model that's based on me <laughs> or us or something. Um, I don't know. I mean, I have some ideas of how to do it. In fact, Justin's helped me find actually some tools to put that into place. And we may someday do that. I just, right now, I don't have the time to invest in it. And if I did it, I don't know how I would roll it out. And it would probably be done on a very limited basis at first. But it's something I consider. But it is absolutely not it's something that we are using or making use of yet. Um, you guys have all probably used a chatbot tool on a website it's extremely common now it's always like a little question mark or a little face in the bottom right of the screen you click it and it pops up a thing and it immediately asks you what do you want to know it gives you back pre pre-written search results with answers based on your your question like a search engine and then it says oh and if you want to know more click here or something like that right so they're extremely, extremely common. And if I can find a way to make it easier for customers that come to my website, get the answers they came there to look for, I might make use of it, but not yet. Yeah. And, and then for Dan, would you, same would would you use a chatbot on your voice acting website? So would you use a chatbot on your voice acting website? I guess the question would be like, well, what would you use it for? For, yeah. I mean, why would I need a chatbot there? You know, it's like... I'm here. Here's my name. Here's my contact information. Come on down. You know? Yeah. And, and, I mean, and you have to think, you have to think about what are people needing to ask you? Right. What, what are, what are you getting emails for that you need to spend your time to answer in a redundant fashion? Then I feel like that's where a chat bot starts to make sense. But as a voice actor to have a chat bot, someone's probably done it. I'm sure they have. But I don't need anything like that. I just write down the same answer all the time, you know. <laughs> well, that's what a chatbot's for, so you don't have to do that. Yeah, but it, I just copy paste, boom, there it is, you know, and and and, and modify it and, and customize it for each individual person. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Bettina Latarno says, "Hi, Justin. Thanks so much for all this great information. I'm a VO actor in a few languages, one of them being Spanish." Uh, a voiceover association in Spain is scared to death of AI. How can we have a diplomatic conversation on its pros as well? That's what we're trying to do right now. Yeah. I mean, diplomatic would be another thing altogether, right? But I mean, I, uh, specifically, they might be asking about, you know, voice using voice um, rather than, you know, chatbots sort of thing. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, how do you how do you bring up that subject with like a, you know, in in the voice world of things like voice cloning and just uh, synthetic voice actors? Um, that's I that's a tough one. And I guess the positive spin on it is a possibly people like voice actors 
licensing their voice and actually making money off of their licensed synthetic voice, so to speak. So that's could be a revenue stream for could be. Yeah. Some people and some people we know are doing that. They've licensed their voice out, you know, much, much to the consternation of the rest of us though. Uh, Sure. Sure. You know, and then there's, uh, they're trying to come up with specific contracts that people, you know, templated contracts for people saying, you're not going to use my voice for this or that. My voice is for this. And that's, that's all it is. That's why people want to control the use of their voice. There are many platforms out there where you can get your voice modeled and sold on a marketplace. But the big concern is, is what your voice is being literally used for. And a lot of those tools do not let you control it. They, the tool themselves, the service, whatever, I've spoken to one of them. They say we are very careful to make sure that the content is above bar it, or it is not in any way illegal content or you know inciting violence, mm. that kind of stuff. But still, people are still concerned about their, their voice, their AI voice being used to sell certain things, right? So that's got a lot of people concerned. I mean, yeah, I... A diplomatic conversation on it, it's going to be a while because I think we just don't know enough right now. Right. How is it going to be used in the future? And, and I think that's why... How, the, much, the, how, how much better is it going to get? And I think that's why the... Uh, the and I've, I've heard others speak of this. The, the, this, this strike right now is... is a really tough one because we, they, the, they don't know enough and the... Producers Studios, don't. the producers yeah. don't know enough. Yeah. So they really don't even have like a clear roadmap. It's like everybody's beating sticks into the bush right now. Right. Trying to figure out what the roadmap is, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, Justin, thanks for joining us to, tonight and, and sharing some of, some of your, your uh, knowledge on this particular subject. We could go on about this and we'll continue to do so over the next five years or so until everybody until george and i become chatbots <laughs> until we're all all we uh, artificial that's right yeah. heads on the screen we could make ai versions <laughs> of our show and have that but you know i i feel like a lot of the ai tools are going to be used to just just basically distract from the real content and that's i think the one of the concerns it's just going to yeah. be it's just marketing to just draw more eyeballs into one direction and yeah. distract, you know. So, yeah, that's yeah. going to be interesting. Thank, thank you, Justin. It was this was fun. We've we've never really spoken on this topic in this way before, and uh, really appreciate you popping your yeah. head in. Thank Happy you so to be much. Here. Thank lots you guys. Of, lots of good stuff. Lots of questions. All right, we'll be right back to wrap this show up and get it re-racked for Tech Talk. So don't go away. Still plenty to come here on VoiceOver Body Shop. You're still watching VLBS? <laughs> Your dynamic voiceover career requires extra resources to keep moving ahead. There's one place where you can explore everything the voiceover industry has to offer. That place is voiceoverextra.com. 
Whether you're just exploring a voiceover career or a seasoned veteran ready to reach that next professional level, stay in touch with market trends, coaching, products, and services while avoiding scams and other pitfalls. VoiceOver Extra has hundreds of articles, free resources, and training that will save you time and help you succeed. Learn from the most respected talents, coaches, and industry insiders when you join the online sessions, bringing you the most current information on topics like audiobooks, auditioning, home studio setup and equipment, marketing, performance techniques, and much more. It's time to hit your one-stop daily resource for voiceover success. Sign up for a free subscription to newsletters and reports. It's all here at voiceoverextra.com. That's voiceoverxtra.com. Well, here's where I get the chance to actually make a commercial fit into what we were talking about, which is AI. And it has to do with your website, which, of course, is all digital and all that stuff. But as a voice actor, you have to have a website. It's just part of what you have to have. You've got to have this Internet footprint. And uh, you, you want it to be personal. It's got to be you. It's got to show who, who you are. And my good friends over at Voice Actor Websites, com have a new website called voiceactor.com voiceactor.com go on over there if you need a website for your voice acting business because they've created something that's really really simple templated websites go in there pick the stuff you want it's real easy to determine you know what it is you can do change the colors put a picture get your demos in there your name your contact information your demos and make it look the way you want without going overboard and you can get started for nothing absolutely free and then if you want to continue on and get yourself really on the internet with a really good site it's twenty dollars a month and they take care of everything for you go over to voiceactor.com and get your your voiceover website up and running now are the World Voices Organization, also known as WOVO. We're the not-for-profit industry association of freelance voice talent. VoiceOver is a complex entrepreneurial business. WOVO is there to promote the professional nature of voice work to the public, to those already established in their voiceover practice, and to those who want to pursue voiceover as a career. Membership benefits include a supportive and creative community, a profile and demos on voiceover.biz, our searchable directory of vetted professional voice talent. Our exclusive demo player for your personal website. Our mentoring program, business resources, and our video library. Our annual WovoCon conference, a fun and educational weekend with other members with, with the, the chance, chance to, to learn, learn and, and network. network. Webinars and great speakers and weekly social chats with other members around the world. If your world is voiceover, make Wovo part of it. World Voices Organization. We, we speak, speak for those who speak, speak for a living. living. Yeah, hi, this is Carlos Alas Rocky, the voice of Rocco, and you're watching VoiceOver Body Shop. And we're back. All right. You think? I don't think anything. I got a question from my dad that came in via Facebook. Can I play it real quick? <laughs> sure, go clean. for it. Well, if I could get if I could get it to restart at the beginning, it won't let me do it. I have to start from the middle and get to the end. I'll tell you what. I'll pull down the fader. To no, you're hearing that too. I'll let it play to the end. I just noticed this. <laughs> my mom sent this message in for my dad, and it was for Justin. So, uh, just because they're listening and they're my parents, I'll play it. Here it is. Hello, Justin. 
Dan and George. Do you think AI is going to get to the level where it's going to replace voiceover talent? Thank you. Sounds okay. like he used yeah. a, a chat, an AI voice to do that. Uh, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> just a, he sounds a little. He sounded a little stiff. Yeah, yeah. Loosen Next, up. Yeah. Next week on this very show, uh, we will be presenting Tech Talk number 107. Unless, of course, you're watching live at the moment and you have a question about your home voiceover studio, you can get involved right after this because we do it live. And then we show it next week. But we're doing it live now. So if you're watching now, you can actually ask a question in real time. Are you following? Are you getting this, guys? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> be there. That's the whole point. Anyway, Tech Talk number 107 is going to be on next week. Uh, George, the dot tech, you got discounts? Well, yeah, we've been offering that deal for a while, but if you want to always see what the latest VOBS viewer discount for the being a viewer and a fan of the show, just go to George, the dot tech slash V O B S. We have a landing page. So, yeah. um, yes, thank you for, uh, watching and come on over. Yeah, and you can find me over at homevoiceoverstudio.com, and uh, we can talk about that all we want. Uh, we, thanks to our donors of the week. We have donors. We've got lots of donors, like Greg Cooper. Thanks, Greg. That's a new name on that list, isn't it? It is. It's a, it's a new donor. I've gotten used to hearing these names in such a certain sequence. It was like, oh, a new name. I just did the mess you up, that's all. Grace Newton. Christopher Epperson. Robert Leadham. Steve Chandler. Casey Clack. Jonathan Grant, Thomas Pinto, Greg Thomas, a doctor voice, Antland Productions, Martha Khan, nine four nine designs. We know he's watching. Yes, Ailey, Sarah Borges, Philip Sapir, Brian Page, Rob Ryder, Shauna Pennington Baird, Don Griffith, Trey Mosley, Diana Birdsall, Maria Mackis, and Sandra Manwiller. All right. Thanks for doing that. You know, there's a button right on our our, uh, our regular page at vobs.tv. It says, donate now. It helps keep this show technically magnificent, which is what we're all about. Uh, anyway, you can also join our mailing list because then you get, a, you get to see what we're going to be doing this week right beforehand. So it's like, oh, I have to watch this which is why we have so many people watching tonight because hey, we set it out in the newsletter. If you have been one of those people that seems to exist outside of social media, good on you. This is how you can find out about what's being, what's going to be on the show. Exactly. Uh, we need to thank our amazing sponsors like Harlan Hogan's voiceover essentials, voiceover extra source elements, VOHeroes.com, voiceactor.com and, and uh, worldvoices.org the industry association of freelance voice talent i am obligated because i'm president and i have to say that uh and because it's important you should join our thanks to jeff holman for a kick butt job in the chat room tonight and on mm -hmm. various shows that i keep seeing him on like holy crap there's jeff holman uh and of course <laughs> sue merlino for getting it done with the switchboard and making sure that uh we're technologically right where we need to be and of course lee penny because he's Lee Penny, Penny. right, Lee? Yeah, okay. Anyway, stay tuned for Tech Talk. Get your questions in. If you have a question about home voiceover studio technology and recording and all that kind of stuff, and we'll be happy to answer it. I'm Dan Leonard. I'm George Whittem. And this is VoiceOver. Body Shop. Or VO. BS. 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 We'll be right back with Tech Talk.